Welcome, welcome to beyond. I used to work with a man whose name is Bob Pavlik. Bob Pavlik. Sending love to Bob these days. Beautiful man. Every meeting we would have, every time we gathered, he would ask the question as we began, how are the children? How are the children? And Bob, I'm afraid right at this moment, the children are not well. The children are hurting. This episode is about Rich Roll, who is a podcaster, huge podcast, does beautiful interviews. This is a episode I listened to him being interviewed by Kelly Corrigan. And this is about Rich's journey. And it's also about me and my journey. I recorded it the day before the recent shooting in Texas. And as I recorded it, it, it was, well, you'll hear it's about, it's about seeing, it's about knowing, seeing our kids, seeing when they're hurting, seeing when they're having a hard time. And so I realized that, yes, this is about rich, but it's also the timing is, is wild. And it's about, the state of our young people. And as I listened and as I reflected and sat with all the events of the shooting, the shootings and the suicides and the depression and anxiety and all the, all the situations and all the experiences with our young people these days, what, what I realized is that I, I can now see my lens, my, lens from privilege, from my resource. So from my experience of going to private schools and being part of that whole culture of being a white-skinned man in this culture, that the story that is told here is about what happens when young people are not seen, when we value grades, test scores, college names more than we value human beings. We have outcomes like Rich's story and like my story from this resourced privileged place where what we do is we go down a road of depression and confusion and self-destruction and underutilized potential and dropping out of school and suicide and lots and lots of therapy and a societally acceptable kind of harm, a societally acceptable struggle where we can blame individuals for not taking advantage of their opportunities and we kind of bypass the systemic challenges that we're having. And in some cases, of course, this kind of acting out causes incredible harm or suicide rate, the drug and alcohol use in college campuses and high school campuses, the number of young people lost in their screens of, you know, the depression, the, the anxiety, right? I mean, it's everywhere. But what I realized is that when people get missed in, a, in, in less resourced situations, and I just finally saw it, I don't know if I finally saw it, but it came clear as I was, as I was listening again to this particular episode with, at this particular time, right? When, when people get missed, there's no one to see, there's no one to listen, to know, to help, to guide, to catch the young people in these kind of scenarios, then it ends up in, in, in really hard situations, of course, the drug use, the depression, the loneliness, the suicide, all of that. And in some cases, 
um, the school shootings and the radicalism and all of this, all of that kind of expression. And so in this past week, that's what happened. And I would say that the energetics behind all of this, whether there's resource or not resource, is, is very much the same. When Bob asks, how are the children? Well, Bob, the children are not, they're not well. They are not well. The privileged ones, the not privileged ones, the resourced ones, the not resourced ones, our children are not well. And when our children are not well, we are not well. And I would say we have lost, we have lost our way. And, and at the same time, there are lots of us bringing our hearts to the world, being willing to feel deeply, being willing to be in the discomfort, as I always talk about. And this place gives me hope. And there are places like this place called Supercamp, which I discussed in this episode, where I worked for many, many years. And Supercamp is not perfect, but it is meaningful. It's marketed as an academic summer camp, but the way that it actually improves academics is it helps young people feel whole. It helps them feel seen and heard. They can tell their story. They get to share about all the hard places and all the beautiful places, and we get to dance and cry and sing and be together in a meaningful way. It's a place where we can see the potential and the aliveness and feel the potential and the aliveness where they get to feel their own wholeness and their own aliveness. And there's many places when this kind, where this kind of thing happens. It's amazing what happens when we create safe places where we get to bring, where we and young people get to bring their vulnerability and their stories, all their stories, their wholeness, the pain and the beauty, all of it, the real stuff in real people's lives. And amazing things happen when there is a container that offers that safety when people share, because when we share, then we get in the right trouble, not the wrong trouble. So please listen deeply to this story about how I and Rich got caught in the college acceptance derby, the colonial capitalistic model of success, the colonial capitalistic model of success that thankfully is on its deathbed that we need to hospice so that we can create something different. Rich and I, well, less me maybe, but Rich falls into line. He says he, he betrays himself. He gets, you know, gets the good grades, goes to the right school, does all the right stuff, and gets quiet. When he does, he falls into his addiction, losing so much potential of what he could have become. And now he's become a great, incredible man, and he's worked really hard and why in the world are we waiting so long and have to go through that much pain and that much suffering in those ways to make that happen? So potential. When I look into the world now, what I see is all the potential, the creativity, the care, the heart, the passion, the curiosity, the stunning, absolutely stunning desire to be fully in the world. And I can feel the incredible wave coming as we allow, as we invite as we open to this potential to be expressed in the world, like the episode about Theo and Jordan and Jesse and all of these in the beyond, they're about all this potential of what happens when young people are not suffering, when we are not suffering so much about am I okay in the world? We have so much talent, so many gifts to give, so, so, so much in the world is and so like we want that to come forward. And so please listen well. Listen with the ears of your heart. Listen beyond. 
Hello, 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 and welcome to Beyond, a podcast for lion-hearted men. And I am, I am, I'm wound up today. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this excitement about sharing, sharing this thing that's been inhabiting me that I, I like to say that, that it's like a poem that, that I, that I'm working with and is like, it works me and I get to work it. But this today isn't, isn't a poem. It's a, it's an experience that I had and I think many others have that I am excited to shift and to change and, and, and really start to understand the impact of, of what will happen when we, when we shift this. And here's what it is. I heard a story yesterday on a podcast uh, uh, from Kelly Corrigan Wonders, and it was, it was a podcast where they're interviewing, she was interviewing Rich Rule who himself is a big podcaster. And I happen to know Kelly. I worked with Kelly back, back in the day, um, which is kind of an amazing, amazing story that, that isn't, isn't for right now, but it's kind of fun. Um, the story of Rich Roll is pretty amazing and his vulnerability and his willingness to share openly was really incredibly touching. And Kelly asked them beautifully, beautifully penetrating and honest and, and tough questions um, I will link, I will link the show in the show notes so you can, you can have a listen. Rich reports having a, a challenging childhood where he was wearing a, a patch on his eye for much of the, t- for at least a couple of years. And then just felt, had the internal experience of having no friends and of not knowing how to talk to girls and of feeling very shy and very, um, um, lacking confidence and kind of lacking an, a, a, a way of being in the world that felt exciting. And really, I think I, I share this story and I can sharing about him, but I could so easily talk about myself. And I imagine many, many of you um, who had an experience either as a young person or now or both where you didn't feel seen, you didn't feel understood, you felt lost you felt confused, you lacked confidence, you lacked certainty about the world, and you had this feeling of thinking everyone else sort of had it figured out and that you didn't. And maybe you have a little bit of a different version of that, or maybe you were someone who was really popular and really had, you know, felt like you had it all together. Um, and I think and I think this still fits in, in that category in, in some way. But um, I, Rich really shared about this story, and then he went on a recruiting trip because he was a swimmer. And and met with sort of you know and 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 at the at the University of Michigan sort of met one of his idols, and 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 they had a party, um, you know, a recruiting trip. And I, it's funny, I just had like the same. I get to tell almost the same story. Not that I was a big swimmer or you know I was a hockey player, but 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 it, but I didn't have the you know that kind of recruiting trip where I was you know in that place. But um, certainly had the, had the visit and got really really drunk. Um, the difference between Rich and myself is that Rich, that led him down a road of alcoholism. And for me, it led me down a road of I'm never going to drink again because it was through, throwing up that many times was absolutely miserable. But the, the significance of Rich's story is that he, he then went on to be a swimmer at Stanford. He went on to um, um, you know, go to law school at Cornell, a very successful journey in that regard, but, but all the time, just really having a tr- trouble, um, drinking. And the story is one of his 
coming to terms with his alcoholism and, and, and being in recovery and working his way out of that. And now have now, you know, finding more solid ground for himself and doing some really beautiful work in the world. But I think this, this place, you know, that I kept sitting there thinking about was like, what in the world is going on? Like, where are the adults? Like, where are the people who are, who are in schools and who are in, you know, around who are able to, that we can change this kind of scenario where we can actually see and connect to and bring out and honor and, 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 um, make it so that, that, that rich and me and many who are all of us who are doing that don't have to go through that experience. It is really a miss, you know, all along what it is, it's, 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 it's this, um, we pay attention to the academics and we pay attention to what colleges we get into and we pay attention to, you know, scores and we pay attention to, you know, grades and things like that. But what we miss is we miss the human beings. We miss the human beings. And for me, there's a place of, of what happens in this scenario is that we miss out on all of the potential. You can listen to the interview that I, that I did with Theo, with Theo Andrew you can listen to the interview the interviews with Jordan and the conversations that we have where what's happening is is that there's so much struggle and there's so much question about am i okay who am i in the world where is my place and this experience of thinking that there's something i should be doing or i should know or i should have something going on and and for me it it really comes down to this idea of if we could have the experience of feeling seen, of feeling like we aren't broken or crazy, and that we have the opposite experience of being held and being understood in these hurts, of being held in the loneliness, of having stepping into the conversations that are wanting to be had. And again, this is what I, I honor about what Jordan brings and that when he keeps inviting people into the, you know, the episodes where he keeps inviting people into conversations, like that is it. But there is a responsibility, I think, of the adults, of parents to open up the doors that we have an entirely different um, experience of actually being together in those challenging places and opening them up. I've talked a little bit about super camp and I feel like some of the work that we've done there um, is, is really meaningful because it, it opens those doors and you can see all the potential and all the aliveness and all the, and all like, like, like the, the, like just all the beauty and creativity and curiosity that comes out of people, young people, when there is a container that offers reality, that offers um, honesty that offers authenticity that goes into the hard places, not away from them. Like we don't pretend that everything is okay, you know. Because what happens in Rich's case is that you know his parents are are wanting are, are sort of not you know wanting him. He didn't say this clearly, but it feels like it's like you know in in the private schools and a lot of the schools and this whole college acceptance derby thing. There's a there's a sort of expectation that that is what we do. That we go on and we are you know we make money and we get you know we go to the best college we can. And I understand that this isn't everybody's experience, but there, but I think there's a version of this that exists for others as well that I'm very intrigued about exploring. 
but he then gives himself up, if you will, and falls into this addiction and and really gets in a lot of trouble and is still successful by outside metrics, but in, internally he is really, really suffering. And what I would say is we are losing the potential of what he could have become. We are losing the potential of what I could have become. I had an experience this past weekend with some friends where we were sitting around, you know, 50-year-old men-ish, and, and just having this, like, we were connected. And we kind of had a moment where, like, this is the kind of experience that we have been wanting and desiring our whole lives of feeling grounded, of feeling alive, of feeling love, of feeling where we can be vulnerable, where we can be seen, where we can share all of the the messy parts of our lives, where we can be in, you know, laugh and play and have a total blast and like really get into the, 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 the grindy spots, the gritty spots. It was amazing. It's like, why has it, why did it take us 35 years to get to this place? What, what would happen if that happened in high school? Imagine the beautiful, incredible things that we could have created had that happened back then. But instead, what happens is we kind of go down this trajectory of 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 like of compromise, of compromising because we're we start to play a game that we think we're supposed to be playing, that we should be playing, that that from the external space is what all the adults and all the everyone is 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 sort of wanting or expecting, or at least that's what we think. And I think that there's an element of truth in that. You know, that, that the kinds of questions we get asked, the kinds of ways that people see success in this culture of like getting, you know, making a lot of money and getting, you know, going to the best college and all that, all that trajectory. But actually there's not a huge amount of satisfaction and happiness in that per se. There's a lot of misery in those paths. Look at all the drinking that happens at college. Look at all the drinking that happens after college. Looking at, look at all the addiction of different kind, you know, of, of screen addiction, of gambling addiction, of people not in their center, in their ground, because if they were, that kind of acting out wouldn't be happening. And so for me, there's this place of as we sit here at this time in the world and we want miracles to happen, we're sort of noticing that there's not a lot of connection, that there is a lot of destruction, that there's a lot of things happening where we're fighting each other, where we're othering each other, where we're, you know, we have systems, education system, justice system, you hear me say, say this over and over again, that are not working, that they aren't representative of people, that they aren't actually taking care of people, that our healthcare system isn't about health or about care, it's about money. And it's about manipulation and it's about greed. And so for me, when I think about, you know, how do we, how do we get out of this mess? And a lot of people are talking about like, how do we get out of this? How do we create a different kind of life? How do we create a different level of connection? What I do is I go back to thinking what happens, what happens if we start to really be with and see our young people and each other, us older folks. But to me, I can just imagine as I listen to this ritual interview, you know, I just start to imagine like what in, what would happen if we were able to get him and have him share and talk and feel grounded and alive and, and in, in the hurt. Like it's not about changing and pretending the hurt isn't there. It's about actually like being capable enough to step into, right? Here's the discomfort piece that we always talk about standing in the discomfort and stepping in instead of away and just pretending that everything is okay when it's actually not. It is not okay for young people to be feeling lost and lonely. It is not okay for them to be lacking confidence and feeling like they're alone in the world. 
that we have that that that, that exists is tragic and embarrassing and 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 I like I cannot even believe that we're still doing that. So I'm so grateful for when I get to hang out with young people in the groups and one on one that we that we that, that I actually get to see them and feel them and start to bring this piece out of them because what I see is that we go to the hurts. We experience them and we feel them and we explore them. And then what also happens is we get to also start to see and what emerges is the beauty and the gifts and the talents and the care and the desire to have meaningful life and have meaningful, have meaningful engagement with, with self and others. When I sit and I think about the amount, like the, um, beautiful potential and the amount of energy that we need right now to be able to bring beauty and connection and meaning to a world that is really, really shaking. Like this moment for me, this, what I keep calling the apocalyptic moment, this moment of revolution is so exciting because there's new things that are being born and new things that are coming possible. And this is one of them. Like to me, it feels so simple. Like what happens if we just are able to see each other? What happens if we actually use this ability to step, to step and to hold and to be willing to feel the discomfort and the challenge of, of being lost and lonely? And that we then get to share with other people that experience so that then all of those feeling that are then starting to come together. And we're starting to generate one really deep, meaningful connection. Again, the kind that Jordan consistently invites us into and talks about and invites his friends into. Then we have that connection. And that's what I got to share this past weekend with my friends. I'm 52. And I had an experience that I was waiting to have since I was a teenager, which was being able to be really vulnerable and really playful and so fun. In another podcast and interview that Kelly did, it was with a man named BJ Miller, and they were talking about death. BJ is a has an amazing story, also really challenging in, in many ways. He's a he's a he's a triple amputee because of an accident that he had. And he works with people who are dying. And the, and Kelly was asking him, like, you know, um, Kelly recently went through a, a situation with her family, with her dad, and their dad was dying. And her whole family was there. And they were asking each other these beautiful questions. You know, what do you need? Have you, are you feeling okay? Can I get you anything? What does it feel like to be where you are? How is everybody doing? Just really caring, thoughtful questions. And Kelly asked for a list of questions, and my reaction to it was, um, "That is a moment that 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 isn't that doesn't want to be mechanical. You know that it's not like pulling out a list of questions and saying like, all right, well here's the list of questions that we have for everyone who's you know going through this. Instead, what it is, it's about opening up our humanity. It's about opening up our hearts. It's about being willing to be in the beautiful, uncomfortable moments of life. And when we're able to do that." then we're able to be in the read and be in the moment of just feel like, oh my God, this is really hard. 
Can I get anybody some water? You know, dad, are you okay? Can I get, you know, can I get you something? Let me adjust your pillow. You know, is there anything that you feel like you want to say or share? You know, how's everybody doing? Like the questions will organically come because what we are is we're connected and we're feeling and we're willing to just sit in, in, in the uncomfortable moment of life. Like we can get, make this super complicated. You know, we can make this moment in history really complicated and think, oh my God, how, you know, what do we need to do and what solutions do we need to create? And again, for me, I just come back to this idea of this, there's, there's some simplicity and some nuance and beautiful complexity in this place in the sense of like sitting in those moments has nuance. Like you want to be mean, you know, like, like it wants to be deeply feeling, But it also is just so simple because what it is, it's about caring and loving and bringing our heart and listening and being connected to someone else and caring enough and resourced enough to be able to be with them. And so for me, this was a beautiful listen. Both of those, I highly recommend listening to both of those podcasts because it's about death and it's about real stories. And it allows me to imagine into and inspire you and me to step into this place where what we are doing is what we're committed to is connection. And what we're committed to is love. And that we're willing to do the training and we're willing to do the training of you know being uncomfortable and to be with ourselves in a way that allows the be- our beautiful humanity to come forth. Because then what I would say is that then we can get into the kind of trouble that we really want to get into. Instead of being in this cultural place of not feeling good enough, of falling into the, the grasps of capitalism that, that prey on us to buy stuff to help us feel better about ourselves. And so that having a whole group of people who doesn't feel good about themselves is great for our spending habits because we spend money and time and energy on trying to make ourselves feel better. And so if we just felt better from the get-go, it might really shift, shift things. And what I would say is like, yeah, that let's, let's play that game. Let's break the system down. Let's do it differently. And cause we do it from a place of love and care and connection. So here's to love and care and connection. I'm so deeply curious about your stories. I'm so deeply curious about your experience about your reactions, about how this impacts you. I would love to have conversations with you. I would love to hear your questions and your and any kind of comments that you might want to make. So thank you so much for being on this journey. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for um, just being here and being present and caring. And let's create a community where we are seen and felt and loved and there is a beautiful friendship and connection. So there we have it. How, how did it go? That listening well, that listening with the ears of your heart, that listening, that listening beyond. Feel deeply touched that you are here. Thank you for being here. So here's what I am taking from that, this, that's me episode one, caring and being matters. That there's a different way for us to be in connection with one another, that caring about human beings 
more than grades, more than any of that, like really being connected. It matters. It matters. It matters. As Bio Akamalafe shares with us, let us slow down. This is number two. Let us slow down. Times are urgent. Let us slow down and pay attention. Pay attention to the things that matter. Pay attention to our hearts and our care and let us find our ways to being vulnerable. Three, this has been yet another window into my own privilege, into my own resource. My perspective of being a white-skinned cisgender man that I am, privately educated at the schools I went to in just the right way to create exactly the right learning and lessons for this soul, for this being, for this man. And at the same missing of seeing people, the same focused elsewhere energy in less privileged situations manifests in different ways. And I just am, keep on seeing it. And I believe we can and both and want to do this differently. Number four, thinking about super camp is important because it reminded me how special it was to be in that space with people. Oh, I just remember I remember all the desire, the connection, the love, the ways of being with people in a way that really we cried and we laughed and we danced and we played and we were real. And it was just like energy, energy, energy and aliveness, aliveness, aliveness. It was really amazing how safe and incredible it was to exist in that potential with people. I want that back. Number five, it is time to create a new way beyond the colonial capitalist model of success. And thankfully, we're doing it. Number six, there is so, so much potential lost in the feeling of being alone and confused and depressed and addicted. And that potential is so huge and so beautiful. And I can feel it and see it coming. It starts to happen in those super camp moments. And it's happening right now in so many ways. Number seven, Kelly is doing really meaningful work in the world. And Rich is working hard, finding his way and doing meaningful work in his internal life and his external world. And I encourage you to listen to both of their podcasts. I will have them in the show notes. Number eight, I am grateful to be a conduit of all of this energy to be being Morgan, to be bringing my voice, to be sharing and open and not caught in my own bullshit that I've been caught in for so long that here is this man's, this guy's me, perspective, ideas, thoughts that are being offered, that are just, that I'm inviting you into, that are here just to be reflected on and felt. And here it is. And I am grateful. I am grateful, grateful, grateful and that there is so much more. I can feel it coming. And so stay tuned and listen well. Please stay tuned and listen well. Listen beyond. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Podcast. That's me. Sending you on your way with a beautiful song, a song that honors the grandmothers and grandfathers, ours of this land, of this cosmos, a song called Pura Samane from Dagra people in West Africa, in Burkina Faso, 
That is a song that was gifted to me by Michael Mead that is sung with heart. And as he says, the song is honored to be sung. The song is honored to be sung. So do please enjoy. A song sung out in front of you so that you may go with protection, with aliveness, and knowing that you are not alone in this world. This is a song that was gifted to me and a song that is honored now to be sung. Sung so you always feel and remember home. Because that is what the grandmothers and grandfathers can remind us to do. There is a place for you. You are loved. And this, this is the essence of beyond. Thank you for listening. Here's your song. Put a samne, put a samne, put a samne, oh, put a samne, oh, that was for the grandfathers. Put a mamne, put a mamne. Put a mamineo. Put a mamineo. May you go with the protection of the grandmothers, the grandfathers, feeling the song at your back and also out in front, paving the way, showing the way, guiding the way. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you and blessings.